Pass it up, pass it up. Inch by inch, play by play, till we're finished. You're five feet nothing, a hundred and nothing. Shut up, old man, I ain't going nowhere. If we played them ten times, they might win nine. But not this game. Not tonight. 60 minutes falls out like the paramedics sort of out. I must break you. Welcome to the Rewatchables. Brought to you by SeatGeek, the presenting sponsor of the Bill Simmons Podcast. The easiest way to shop for the best tickets, thanks to their revolutionary grading system. Download the SeatGeek app today. Go right to SeatGeek.com, and it will make all of your ticket buying experiences easier. We were about to run a podcast that we did a few months ago. Me, Chris Ryan, our friend Rembert Brown, our old Grantland teammate about White Men Can't Jump, which is a borderline rewatchable Hall of Famer. I would say it's honorable mention for rewatchables. It is an unquestionable sports movie Hall of Famer and a little bit of a polarizing movie too, as we discuss in this podcast. Here we go. Today's White Men Can't Jump, a movie that I've had a very conflicted relationship with uh, over the last almost 25 years. Mm -hmm. I saw it in Worcester, Massachusetts with Jacko and Joe House, actually. Rosie Perez on a 50-foot screen was both delightful and and scarring emotionally. (laughs) She's the most polarizing figure of this movie. It's a great basketball movie. I hadn't seen it in a while, and I had the same reaction you did when I watched it um, a couple days ago, where you're watching the first 35 minutes and you go... Wow, this is unbelievable. It's so good. Yeah. That first 35, 40 minutes with just the first 19-minute scene, then the second basketball scene, then the third one, really great. And then after that, really depends on Turns how into you a feel different about movie. Yeah. can't jump. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But let's talk about the first 35 minutes. Um, Opening scene is, I looked up after it was over, it was 19, at the 19-minute mark already. It's unbelievable how long that is. And you don't really, you don't ever notice it. Right. I, I personally it don't. It's so nice. It's and almost it's, like a Broadway there's play. There's three scenes within it. There's the first two-on-two scene with like with Wesley and that guy who gets his ankle, who rolls his ankle. Yeah. And then there's all the mama jokes. And then Woody really comes into it with the three, with the end of the two-on-two and then the three-point shooting contest. So it's almost like a mini television show within that first 30 minutes. Right. So the plot of we met of White Man Can't Jump, it's basically a playground basketball movie that morphs into uh Woody Harrelson just repeatedly losing his money. Yeah. And yeah. and and that becomes the pervasive plot of the movie. But I think that it the, doesn't feel did it feel that dated to you? I think some of the rhythms of the jokes felt dated, like the idea of stopping everything to have like a circle of insulting each other, which yeah, is no. not altogether different than what happens in like a Judd Apatow movie where like right. a scene will stop so that Jonah Hill and Seth Rogen can it becomes just, a roast. Yeah. But um, even with like the fashion and even, although the fashion, like a lot of the fashion has kind of come back into style. It's true. I, the basketball feels very, uh, real to me and very current, like all the way, the way that they play feels really real. And I just think that the, um, I felt like it was a very, the thing that I jumped out at me about the rewatch was it is such a good LA movie. So good. It's like Such the side of LA you Venice. just don't ever see really. And like, it's dirty and people are living in these apartment buildings that are like pushed off of like, you know, the, off the road and weird parts, probably Culver or whatever. I think Culver city comes up on this podcast a lot. There's some Crenshaw. There was all kinds of stuff. We started, you can sit down with us. Come now. on in. Remember Brown joining us. Um, 
<laughs> so yeah, it opens with Woody in Venice early in the morning with yeah. these guys singing. And it is like the cleanest, nicest version of Venice I've ever seen in my life. And if that Venice existed all the time, we would all be there every weekend. <laughs> Unfortunately, it is not. So do you know much about like how realistic is like the culture around the courts out on, in Venice like that? Do you know much about that stuff? I don't, I don't, but I would imagine it's not that realistic. I mean- that, it's not the cage. It's not like the no. New York, the New York courts or the Rucker or something, right? I mean, I'm I don't sure so. that I'm going to get roasted by West Coast basketball people right now. But like, I've lived here for 14 years, and I love basketball. And I was on basketball shows that were on ESPN, and nobody at any point ever said to me, "Did you get down to Venice yet?" <laughs> <laughs> it yeah. just never happened. But uh, it sets up with Wesley Snipes, who we'll get to later. Mm-hmm. Um, he's. Sydney Dean. A lot of trash talking yeah. is Sydney Dean. I can't even really describe his basketball game, but Billy Hoyle ends up played by Woody Harrelson, ends up scamming him for $62. Yeah. And that sets off this chain of events. But we go from that basketball game to then they team Snipes follows him home. They team up and then Snipes double crosses him. It's all it's all good. It's really nice beats. But I want to talk about that 19 minute scene for a second. The Yo Mama jokes, you seem like they, you feel like they were dated. Um, it's I just, thought they were fantastic still after I, like it almost like created the Yo Mama joke universe, yeah, right? Yeah, Hardison, now we'll be referencing this a bunch, but in the, the, I think the first year of Grandland, Thomas Goliathopoulos did an oral history of White Man Can't Jump. But Kadeem Hardison takes a lot of credit for like the explosion of Yo Mama jokes oh, after this movie. I mean, I, like a little bit. Yeah. They're, I mean, like they're still funny. It's just like, I think that we're used to a different kind. It's in a weird way, it predates it's it's very much like that improv comedy that we're used to now, where it right. seems like everything is off the cuff. It's just that, like, I can't imagine ever being in a situation where people were like, we're going to stop everything that's going on for 25 <laughs> minutes of sustained mother jokes. It's also funny, like, what trips the the line? Like, yeah. your mother's an astronaut, and, like, that's the fight. It's like, right. my mama ain't no astronaut. <laughs> it's like, I was always just like, that's not that insulting. <laughs> that is true. Yeah, it... I felt like this was like an early, there's a lot of these pre-internet movies. Yeah. And this is definitely one of them. Like the way everybody kind of goes at each other is eventually it just would take place on a message board. Yeah. And there's also like in that first scene, there's some stuff about like Sydney taking Michael Jordan to the hole. Like Michael Jordan came out to Venice right. to ball and like Sydney, Sydney scored on him. And right. I love that like pre-internet mythology. There was all sorts of stuff. Yeah, there's about no like, way to check it. I, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not even sure if it happened, but in Philly, you'd always hear about like, I heard Iverson came out. Yeah. I heard Iverson came by the courts. And Just was, wearing shorts. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah. Iverson came Had out. a mink coat on, yeah, took it off. Seriously, yeah. yeah. He was wearing a starter jacket and scored 33. Um, yeah. So at the time, seeing this in 1992, Wesley Snipes, you knew him from New Jack City, basically. And he was Willie, he was Willie Mayses yeah. in Major League, which was a big movie back then. And then he was in New Jack City. He was in a couple Spike Lee movies. But... Um, but there was still room to grow with Wesley Snipes. Hadn't totally figured him out. And this is probably his best movie, I would say, just in terms of the Wesley Snipes, the full scope of the Wesley personality. Yeah. I Everything likable and interesting and mysterious about him is all in this movie. It's also his charisma on 100. In New yes. Jack City, it's his charisma on 100 evil in a charisma. dark and an yeah. evil way. And this is like the, the most important thing about con man movies is that you would you can see yourself being conned by that person. And Wesley, like to, to Ron Shelton, director, writer, director's credit, it's not like a straight con movie. It's like these guys who are hustling each other, but they eventually kind of, you know, team up and fall apart and come back together. But you can see yourself get seduced by somebody like Wesley Snipes and, and believing like, I need to help this guy. Huge charisma. Yeah, it, unbelievable. We're going to talk about 
he did hold the black actor championship belt <laughs> for a couple years when Rem comes in. We're going to talk about that. But so he's there. We you have a little background with him, but not not enough yet. Yeah. So still discovering him a tiny bit. And then Woody Harrelson was basically Woody on chairs, and that was it. It's still and at a time when like the they, TV and movie jump is so hard for, for guys. Right. Yeah. It's like, wow, Woody Harrelson's <laughs> in that movie? That's weird. I only know him as Woody the bartender. And, you know, for anybody young listening to this, Cheers was one of the three biggest shows of the 80s and 90s and was just a massive, massive pop culture, everything. Yeah. And it was hard to break out of that. And, and he most was of the playing people somebody haven't. on Cheers named Woody. Boyd. Right. And so I Who think, a, dumb, and I think a lot of people just like associated him with that role. Right. So even if he was going to break out of that, he talks about in that oral history, it was a hard time finding movie roles. And he's yeah. like, maybe I'm just going to be on Cheers forever. And this was a real, this is a role where he got to play somebody a little dirtier, a little bit more dark than Woody Boyd, but still had some of that like kind of dorky charisma that he has. Well, on so Cheers. that was one of my revelations was He's fantastic in this movie. He's yeah. I would say this is he's been in some good movies and had some good roles and this is his best performance and not just that. You know, we're researching on the internet some people who might have gotten this mm-hmm. and like Keanu Reeves was So Keanu was pretty close it sounds like. It sounds like they wanted him and That's a disaster. He just couldn't play basketball and they, they were basketball. just like there's nothing we can do about this. That hasn't stopped a lot of other people from being cast in sports movies. Yeah. But yeah, he could play I think you can hide inability you can do just stunt doubles in football, as we saw with the replacements, probably. Hooch, you yeah. can hide it. You can do different stuff. You can cut away Pitching, in baseball. you can hide sure. it. Yeah. I don't even can Freddie rock, Prince Tim Jr. Robbins pitch? and Summer Catch. Yeah. No, Tim Robbins. Well, he alleges that he threw his arm out, but I don't think he can <laughs> <Okay>. pitch. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Costa threw like 150,000 pitches in For Love of the Game and was fine. Yeah. His rotator cuff was... Um, but, but yeah, so Denzel was in the mix for... The Sydney Dean part but first, but second, but he was just too yeah, big. He, right. was, he wanted to do Malcolm X instead. So Wesley gets in there, but um, but Woody Harrelson, not only a revelation, not only the best person who could have played that role, really, really good hoops player. Yes. Yeah. It's just no denying it. You watch his game and it's like a little, there's a little like Zach Levine, Chase Buttinger kind <laughs> <Yeah>. of. <laughs> he's definitely, he's got the, he's a gunner and it, it, it feels like he's gunner just. Gunner with a nice handle yeah. and a nice rhythm and a little nice bit of a point stop forward. Yeah. Could guard bigger guys. <laughs> yeah. You could, you could slide up or slide down. <laughs> that was one of the flaws in the movie is as they keep playing these different teams that they're trying to hustle and then they go into the two on two tournament and they could just, Woody Harrelson can guard guys of all sizes. Yeah. And he's it's like, Draymond Green. What, how tall is Wesley Snipes? I I mean, 5'9", five, 5'10". Five, because he's doing some pretty incredible, like, leaping out of the sky to block guys. Well, he dunks at one point, which, you know, if it, if there, if you create a scale of most improbable dunks and Ed Norton in American History X, yeah. the reverse two-hander is at the very, very, very top. Yeah. Snipes just casually... <laughs> Snipes just casually yeah. goes flying in for a dunk here in one of the pickup games. They also shot with a it. nice little camera angle shooting up at him. Yeah, they shot it a couple of these scenes. They, they shoot it at a different frame speed so that um, they basically like it does slow mo in a really nice way. Yeah, and there's a Wesley Snipes 360 layup. That would not ever work in any competitive no. basketball game in America. No. no 360 layup has ever gotten off on a playground where anybody was trying to defend it. There's another one where the guy is going in for the layup and turns around to look at yeah. Bill, Woody Harrelson and then does this crazy flip. Yeah. And it happens. There's a lot of slow motion yeah. to basically but cut corners. But that being said, with- the basketball, there's very, I think this Hoosiers 
I, I think it's the best basketball, like in terms of like you're right there with screens being set. You can feel guys like it's popping great. open. But I mean, we'll get to it later, but they they fuck up the last scene, the yes. last big basketball scene. At the tournament or the last, last one? The last one. Okay. Um, too much slow motion. And here's my biggest nitpick with this movie is the soundtrack. I if love you, the soundtrack. Well, I can't. but if you listen to the soundtrack for that last game, first of all, where's the hip hop? How are there not like two so rap that, songs or hip hop songs in this movie? Part it's like of the it is like the ninety-two. Part of it is that hip hop's still breaking into the mainstream. You so they slid in. Like I feel like it's like somebody. a funkier version of the Midnight Run soundtrack, and in that so I that's just exactly like, what it is. Yeah. You're right, and it's so it's like that Danny Elfman like <laughs> <laughs> and it's it works for what it is. I actually kind I of know. enjoy it. I would have loved to have just thrown in. Because it, if it they had like a black sheep song in there, it's it would be great. Like I would, if there was like a, a choice is yours like scene in this in this movie, that would be amazing. I don't even know if that's a '92 song or if it's a little bit later, but like it just would have been incredible. But one of the reasons I love Above the Rim, one of many, is is they just casually sneak in Big Pimpin, yes, by Snoop and the Dog <laughs> yeah, Pound, yeah. for like two minutes at one point. But it it kind of, that song belongs to that specific era, uh-huh. and there is a really nice '91 and '92 hip hop slash rap era. There's like a couple songs they could have just pulled out. Yeah. Like give me like the perfect basketball song from late 91. And you could have gone super early Tupac at that point. Yeah. I mean, you could have had something you like, somebody you could have had like scenario playing or something like yeah, that. Yeah. Somebody. Yeah. Or even like if they had done PM Dawn, I wouldn't have been upset. <laughs> I don't think those guys would have been listening <laughs> to PM Dawn. <laughs> I don't think the guys in White can't jump mess with So what is game we would compare him to? A little Zach Levine. Short Dirk. <laughs> Short Dirk. There's a lot of elbows. There's a lot of contact. There's a lot of like, fades. Oh, yeah. I got it. Marco Bellinelli. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. A little he man said European it's game. Very, it's, yeah. pre, it's pre-European, yeah. <laughs> Billy Hoyles. Yeah. Really like Guillermo Hoyle. And so he has this story where he was playing college ball and he had been paid to take uh, to throw a game by some Shaky gangsters. Story. The Studi yeah. Brothers. I, I can't imagine how much money he lost them that you just had two guys with a bad haircut well, trying Bill, to kill you for a whole movie. The Vig was running. Oh, the, oh, I didn't realize the big was running. I, in every movie in which somebody owes a gangster money, the big is outrageous. It's uh, like there's like this insane interest rate. I, I mean, I, I understand that's how the mafia works, but um, that's that's one of a several plot lines that you're like, wow, this this movie really turns into these other plot lines after a certain point. The biggest we're going to get to, I'm sure, being Rosie Perez's Jeopardy run. Yeah, we'll get to that. We'll get to that later on. There's. There's a couple of things that happen in those first 25 minutes. One is that, did we reach Pete Kadeem Hardison? Yeah. I, I Well, I think first season, Different World is pretty incredible, but this might be- That set it up. That was like his Michael Jordan in the 80s run. <laughs> yeah. And then That's this was UNC. like- this was him. This is the three-peat. <laughs> Different World is Kadeem Hardison in UNC. Uh, I think he laid the groundwork for at least three careers of three Wayne brothers. Yeah. I'm not sure which three. But- also has an inc- my favorite Kadeem Hardison line in White Man Can't Jump is definitely when he, this is a larger point I need to make. I can't believe inflation now where like the amount of effort these guys are putting into like 60 bucks. Oh, I know. It's, it's like $5,000. But it's yeah. like in the movie when he's just like, can I borrow $20 from Kenny and Hardison? He's like, I can't give them money. He's like, we'll go to Sizzler. Yeah. And it's like, go to Sizzler after. I remember thinking like, damn, Sizzler must be awesome. I know. <laughs> like, I was upset we didn't have a Sizzler near us at college. <laughs> yeah, that led to his greatest line, which was the we going, we going Sizzler. We going Sizzler. But yeah, so the, and the Umama jokes, 
couple of them are funny. I played that scene for my son who has been rattling off Yo Mama jokes uh, that he's been finding on YouTube for three years. And he was mildly impressed by a couple. I feel like your mom, like the the mama jokes are really, were like such a line. I mean, it gets, it gets shown in this movie, but like for something that was such a competitive and group act, like nothing pissed people off, like making fun of each other's mothers. So people would like really get pissed off like really fast when that would happen. I remember a couple of fights. I went to a Quaker school and there were still fights in school over that. Well, you know, the other thing with YouTube, I think that whole scene just goes on YouTube and then people wouldn't have thought as, as, uh, inclined to watch the movie. But back then it was like the movie just moves in these different pieces. Rosie Perez comes in who she had been in a Spike Lee movie. She was in do the right thing. And then I think she was in one other one, but another one that we hadn't totally discovered yet. One of the most polarizing sports movie characters of all time. Rosie? Yeah. Yeah. I even rewatching and I am not a big Rosie Perez fan. Um, by about the hour fifteen mark, it's just tough. The voice is tough and just Billy, what's wrong? So like it's just I know you feel the complete is a gener- opposite. It's either a generational difference or like because I think it matters. Or maybe when you, you just see- like Rosie Perez. I do like Rosie Perez. You do like her. Yes. Uh she's she she was great and do the right thing, and she was amazing in White Man Can't Jump. And I think it's like when I saw this movie, I was uh, j- just like on the edge of puberty. You know what yeah. I mean? Like I'm just and getting- she sent you through. Well, I think so. She gave me the shove I Shane needed. Shannon Tweed was like that for me. <laughs> yeah. But I was just like, <laughs> I thought that that was also for me when I saw this movie, I remember being like, so this is what relationships are like. Like when you get a girlfriend, this is like Billy Hoyle and Gloria. You keep losing money and she keeps giving you chances. Just screaming at each other and having sex. Yeah. And I was like, that's great. That sounds like that's what, so that's what adults. And then it turned out it's just screaming at each <laughs> yeah, other. Right. And there's, there's no sex. Um, yeah. So I really enjoy her in this movie. And then I think the cool thing about Wait, this. Wait, can you hold on the Rosie yeah, thing sure. for a second? We, sometimes we like to do fake basketball stats or fake stats for characters. Okay. Woody Harrelson to me, this is like a Durant performance. And this is like a Durant at Golden State performance. Very efficient. 13 for 18. <laughs> yeah. 12 rebounds, yeah. no turnovers, just phenomenal. Rosie is, it's like she's Jamal Crawford, but it's Jamal Crawford <laughs> when Chris Paul and JJ Reddick are hurt. And it's like, I don't know, we got to put Jamal Crawford 45 yeah. minutes. And it's like, oh you man. You get a league pass alert. It's like Jamal Crawford it's is going Crawford. for 50 points. He's like, taking what 50 the field hell? goals. <laughs> Rosie, I think in a movie like this is, is meant to come off the bench and carry a couple scenes, maybe hit one four point play, which would be either one of her nude scenes that she has in this. And then, but, but I just don't need her for 45 minutes. I think they, it should have been more of like a male bonding buddy, buddy. It's like, it's basically a buddy, buddy cop movie with basketball, right? It depends on how you look at it. Because for me, this movie is basically like the sting meets Bull Durham, you know? And I I do think that it's obviously a great sports film and, it has just some of, but like in Bull Durham, Sarandon, like to me, but is, Crash that's Davis perfect. disappears Sarandon's for like thirty minutes. But Sarandon's he, great in that movie, and she's the co-lead. Right. I think Ro- the leads to me in this movie are Snipes and Woody, and that's and Rosie Perez should have come in a couple times, but not dominated. I, I guess I just appreciate the it's unique in that, right? It's unique in that like the story goes on off the field kind of thing, and that's like yeah. in sports movies. The I like when we disagree. Yeah, no, and I'm just I I just think that this movie is a very like divisive last. 40 minutes because it's pretty dark and also he doesn't get the girl and there's and, no basketball and there's like just like a real 25 minute long jeopardy scene and a lot of unanswered questions like so they play this one game 
Oh no, they played against this guy who stole, who basically snookered them out of money. But yeah. then they go back, and he's like, "If you hit this half court shot, hook shot, um, I'm a guard on the lot where Jeopardy is." And Snipes is like, "He'll get you in." He'll, right. I'm positive that's not how Jeopardy works to get <laughs> I'm on. Pretty sure. It's Although like it was 92. The security who guard who's playing yeah. basketball and hustling for money all the time. <laughs> yeah. He's got another Jeopardy contestant to get in here. So she gets in and she wins. But back then in Jeopardy, you you just kept winning until you lost. Yeah. So she's only on but one show. But she has like a whole thing where she's like, I'm going to go on tournament champions. Like there's like an annual thing. Like I she, wanted, but this is the one time I wanted more Rosie Perez. Yeah. I want to know how she, how many times did she win? <laughs> we don't, we have to, we should have had a sequel that's just all about Gloria going through Jeopardy. Gloria, did she win six times? The yeah. Tournament of champions? And she was also going to become a daytime soap opera actress. That's what, that's what her dream is when she's out there. A lot of Alex Trebek. Mm-hmm. Probably a tiny bit too much. It's a strange. Oh, Rem's almost ready again, and I can see it. Oh, you ready? Come on <laughs> in. Um, so you, you know, you you asked a couple of minutes ago. I, we can keep talking about Rosie, but I remember the thing about this for me, and uh, was that it's '92, and uh, like I'm in school in Philly, and hip, and and um, hip hop is just starting to like kind of really go mainstream. I'd probably been listening to it since. Definitely since uh, Raising Hell, but Run DMC. But it starts to get like bigger and bigger in 88 in my mind. And it just becomes this music that I'm the obsessed Beasties. with. Beastie Boys are big, but that's actually a good point. So like Native Tongues, Tribe Called Quest, De La Soul is all happening. Public Enemy is happening. De La Soul could have been in this movie. Yeah, I mean, like, it's a very Native Tongues movie to me. But one of the things that was so meaningful about this movie to me was that like, obviously, like, there was this collision of black culture with like the white mainstream that was like at once lucrative for hip hop. But on the other hand, like you know, it had a lot of inherent issues and this movie kind of confronted those head on. Like it's about race in a way that is actually pretty honest and confrontational and, and, and funny. And it's like one of the last times where you almost like, were like watching a movie about race and laughing. Right. <laughs> you know, like this is Rember Brown joining us. This I is agree. Micah? Good. It handles race without being heavy handed about it. Yeah. And it's why it's better than, Every movie that is like trying to be about race in the past twenty years, like, that, <laughs> that, that, like that, that is like it's embarrassing. Yeah, you know? it's almost innocent when you go back and look at it, and you're just like, these are just like all the problems in the world are going to get worked out on this Venice Beach pickup game. Well, there was another part, and this was the era of the of Bird being the best player in basketball, but also being white, and the Celtics being the white team, and the Lakers being the black team, and all that stuff. And it trickled into a couple other movies like the Spike Lee thing, but it also trickled in when you played. Like when I would play. If I ever played in a in a thing where the, you know we were the minority, the white guys, they would call us like Liam Beer. Yeah. They would call us like these derisive white guy player names, and so it was always this undercurrent. Friendly though, it was just part of the basketball yeah, thing, and I love that yeah. white man can't jump tapped into that. I don't think people do that anymore. I actually, if really, I played basketball, people be like, "Hey, they ain't come on, Liam Beer." A like, couple of things ruined my basketball abilities. Like for, for one thing, not going left, being able to go left, yeah, that was being always... short, slow, and having no vertical jump. But one of the things yeah. was people calling me Mullen when I was on the court uh, and mistaking it that I thought like, well, I guess I'm just a knockdown shooter. So yeah, I right. would just shoot every time and people were just like, stop picking they're me. They're disappointed. Yeah, they're like, I thought you thought you were Mullen. And I'm like, I didn't say I was Mullen. You, you said I was you Mullen. Said I, you anointed me Mullen. <laughs> yeah. I never said I was Mullen. Another 80s basketball thing in this movie is Raymond, who's the funniest character in the movie. The yeah. Raymond scene is one of the great yeah. sports yeah. movies. Raymond scenes. going back to the car Raymond for his other gun. gun. It's amazing. <laughs> Tries to commit a liquor store robbery. <laughs> he, gets, he has a I'm shooting everybody. <laughs> he's straight but razor. He's played by Marcus Johnson, who 
in the late seventies was Milwaukee's best player. Milwaukee almost made the finals with him as best player. Going back further was UCLA's best player. Got traded to the Clippers. Like he was a real guy. What I was it like? What were the Clippers like back then when he was? Well, on the when Clippers? he got hurt, when he was on the Clippers. Okay, but it was he was San Diego first. But Clippers curse. I would compare him to like a better Paul Millsap. Oh, ooh, yeah. Like he was. <laughs> Can you imagine Paul Millsap like walking around with a straight razor? Right. So Marcus Johnson <laughs> was really good, and then to see him in this movie, it's like. It would be like if Bernard King had played Raymond. Same, yeah. like yeah. he was like at that level. It's like, oh my God, that's Marcus Johnson, and he has this killer scene in this. Yeah, we're movie. talking about your mama jokes earlier. Yeah. And if you ever want to just like rattle someone in 2017, can you imagine? Just like th- hit them with like a mama joke. Like no one knows what to do with themselves. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah, I, I've done try, it in the past it, it two weeks. Be like a like a, a one of those fights where like immediately the people who are fighting start crying because like <laughs> it's too emotional. Yeah. Like it's just, you ever see like a bar fight and then you look and the dude who like either start like the guy who started the bar fight is crying. <laughs> and you're like, well, you okay, man? Like, <laughs> well, my son still throws out mama jokes. Rem, where do you stand on Rosie Perez? I love Rosie Perez. Okay, in this movie, not too much. I thought her usage rate was too high. No, I mean, I, you know, not I, you was I, perfect. I, 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 don't, I don't need to tell the same puberty story twice. It's already happened once. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's like. Rosie Perez is like a, a, a formative, a formative figure, person. Yeah. Like, like, okay. Th- thank you, White Man Can Jump. Thank you, Spike Lee. Yeah. Thank you. Um, I also think. This movie has like I I I don't know if you've already covered this, but I'm going to get this line wrong. But it's a it's a Sidney Dean quote where he I think he's like, um, just because you put a cat in the oven, don't make it a biscuit. <laughs> I love that. There's a, a lot of like very poetic trash talk where it's just like. You know, like Ed, it's hard goddamn work to get some this. Like, can you imagine yeah. somebody trying to set something like that up? And it's just like, <laughs> a pickup game. yeah, yeah. And just be like, dude, what are you doing? Like, you know, like, uh, I didn't mean to brag, but I'm the greatest. But I'm the greatest. <laughs> um, but hey, there, speaking of Sydney, yeah, it's unclear how he made money because at one point he mentions, the, or the, maybe the wife mentions, or he mentions it to her, he's got the roof thing, the cable thing. And the paint thing, and he's got basketball. Yeah, yeah. So apparently, that's how he was odd making jobs. his money at the time. And, he's an and odd basketball jobs looks guy. like a four dollar an hour job. But how because many times when you're could out you... there on the court, if you make fifty bucks in a game, and are you splitting, splitting that it. among five guys or but three how many, guys? How many hustling opportunities do you have? Well, this is the thing: is that There's when like I watched this courts. game, I thought like my two my two thoughts coming out of the late '80s and the early '90s were that the two most attractive jobs in the world were pickup basketball hustler yes. and minor league baseball catcher. Thank you, Ron Shelton. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely why I was like, I I just want to be a 40-year-old catcher in Durham, North Carolina and be like with Susan Sarandon. That looks like an awesome life. So imagine how messed up my reality was because I saw this movie really early and then went straight into idolizing Anne One Mixtape. So I literally was like, the only job I've ever wanted if I want to be a successful man in this world is be a a pickup basketball player. I know. Like the only difference is like, like Anne One is Have you ever tried to hustle someone at pickup basketball? Tennis. You have to. You hustle somebody I, I like tennis. Absolutely, hustle. like I've like gone out and like, I've never in my life and, like, been able Timberlands to hustle and like I've hustled people in pool. I, I've, I've hustled have you people. really? Yeah. It's like how? Like so you pretend to be bad and then play well? Pretend, yeah, you miss a couple and then I've hustled people. Well, in why do we play for money and then you start? I've like, I've like I've like I've I've like been like I, I had a friend who would like pick me as like a doubles partner. And Would I was you, just and like, you start stretching. Like I like didn't have give like, him the chump, man. <laughs> yeah. But non basketball, non basketball. So, so oh god, Sydney throws the game. 
Are we okay with that decision when he doubled? Billy Hoyle took $62 off him and he double crosses him for $1,700. It seemed excessive is my point. I mean, I, I thought, but that's, I remember when that happens. My heart breaks. It hurt. It yeah. hurts. Yeah. It really does hurt. Made me not like Sydney. Also like disgrace the playground pyramid a little bit. <laughs> that is <laughs> little shoeless Joe Jackson-y. Yeah. But that's what cons are all about. You got to get to the long one. How did you feel about Woody Harrelson being able to guard players of all shapes and sizes, including some six, eight guys? I think Woody Harrelson, like my favorite thing about the movie is that like, just he's so much better than Sydney. Yeah. Well, all right, let's, let's, let's there's two there. things. Let's, we, just, go there. let's I mean, just go there. So by all accounts, Wesley Snipes was a very good athlete who had no idea how to play basketball and they taught him. And if you watch carefully, and this is my number one flaw of the movie, Rosie Perez getting too much usage being too, number two, he's not a basketball player. And the stuff that he's doing, like, first of all, here's how you know he's not a basketball player. Compare his game to a basketball player. What player would it be? Uh, I just compared Woody uh, Harrelson to video 17 game players. Stephon Marbury? Uh, I don't know. Barishnikov. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, he, like, what he's doing is so theatric. Yeah. It's beautiful. That's why those slow-mo shots work. Because I think it's, the only way they could shoot yeah, him is in slow motion. It's beautiful. Like, he, but, like, they're he not. He carries every single dribble. Like, not that you would call that. Marcus but like, Jansen must have been like, oh, my God, guys, come on. <laughs> yeah. Like Come the, on. The, 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 yeah, he carries more the, than the, anyone. Like the exaggerated, like top of the key fake bounce pass. Yeah. Like though they're beautiful. Or the f- the th- the no look throw yeah. over the head. Woody looks oh, like this a, one. Yeah, that that, oh, that yeah. one's great. But Woody had that little Marco Bellinelli, little Zach Levine for Woody somewhere yeah. middle of there. But Definitely a European game. The other side of it is though is that like Wesley Snipes looks like the best basketball player I've ever seen. Like the, look, du- the way he cares. Yeah. Like the, the, hat. The, the double tank top. Yeah. Is like a look I'm still trying Billy, to do. Woody's, like, Woody's fashion has gone on to influence generations of people to the extent that if you walk out to Silver Lake Los Feliz right now, half of the population dresses like Billy Hoyle. Yeah. But Wesley Snipes is so iconic and you, not every, no one can really pull off biker shorts, short shorts, the hat. Uh, two tank tops and a like a Lance Armstrong yeah. cyclist hat. Yeah. Flipped it's, up. He also pulled off Always Bet on Black as the Passenger 57 tagline, <laughs> which I really don't think more than two other actors could have pulled off with yeah. a straight face. And I think maybe kept it for Blade also. <laughs> like, I would so you compare him to Eric Bledsoe, if Eric Bledsoe just lost his mind and started carrying and doing no-look passes. But yeah, it's Eric Bledsoe was shot in slow motion and everybody else was in, <laughs> yeah. like, it was like a Beastie Boys video where they like shot it yeah. at two different speeds. But also like dressed like a member of Jodeci sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> like, like it's, it, it is like one of the most iconic looks like could you could you go out dressed like wesley snipes in that movie not you but just any human being could you go out in public and fit in without people staring at you twice i feel like yes yeah you could i i could not but yes you no not you but i think you'd have to i've heard i've heard a story that when ray lewis used to go out to like clubs in atlanta sometimes he would just wear like like under armor like shorts and like a tank top <laughs> and like if they ever gave him trouble he would just give them a look like you know i've like you know, you, you know. And, then, and, then, and they let him in word on the street is that uh colin orkut the head of video for the ringer dressed up as billy hoyle two halloweens ago that's pretty amazing yeah are you having any documentation of this uh, he's, all he colin would have to do is wear a pair of shorts and an orange sweatshirt yeah. though yeah. you know like i want that parental advisory t-shirt that he has here's it's, the thing i wanted to talk about though bill is yeah. the uh seeing the, the tournament I wanted to talk about the, the whole tournament sequence, but specifically 
their arrival and the the scene that basically where he's like, are you like gets he tries to get Sydney mad? Where oh, Billy yeah. Hoyle tries to get Sydney mad. Why does he do that? Did um, we ever figure it out? Yeah, he's basically like, you need to get locked in. You need like you play better when you're angry. And he's like, you know, the greats always always play better when you're angry. And that's when he gets into like, I can hear Jimmy, and he yes. starts yelling at at Sydney, and like he's yelling at um, Dwayne Martin and his co co like his, yeah, his, his teammate. Yes, but then. Sydney's just like, you got to stop. You're going to get them angry. And he's like, no, I'm going to get you angry because you play better when you're angry. Yeah. And they start doing that. And that was like, so we were talking before about YouTube and putting the Yo Mama jokes up on there. That was back like when you could tell the power of a scene and like how funny or amazing it was, was by how often you and your friends would basically just like reenact it in high school hallways. You're just yeah. like, we got to just basically just do an improv impromptu version of this white man can't jump scene and we would do that for like all the movie scenes that we really loved yeah. you know yeah and that was like the only other one that got as much burn as that like i can't even think like we're like beverly hills cop or 48 hour scenes that were just so mind-blowingly funny yeah. that you could like you had you only do them justice by like basically reenacting them it, my, my only my only example is Chappelle. Like yeah. literally yeah, like, yeah. like you had to watch Chappelle cause the next day, like you'd have to know how to do an entire role. We would do that too with from, uh, living color too. Yeah. Like we were coming on Monday. SNL had moments like yeah. that. Yeah. The but like from a movie. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. it's, it's hard to think of like, okay, like we need four people to act out this entire Yeah. Scene. And you just would like just dudes screaming and pick up games every time they would hit a shot from 1992, 1993. I can hear Jimmy. I can hear Jimmy. It's just like, <laughs> I still in my mind can hear that. You know what I would have loved? More of that tur- tournament, unless Rosie Perez. Tournament goes by too fast. All of a sudden, we're in the finals against Dwayne Martin, <laughs> who then runs it back two years later and above the rim. Dwayne Martin doing double duty. Has Dwayne and two Martin of the basketball. become an agent? Is that is that a thing? Is uh, it? He's like an agent now. Am I making that up? He might be. He's Will Smith's best friend. Is he still? That's that kind of became he became Will Smith's best friend. Let's just move on. Um. I will say I I, I heard y'all talking about Kadeem. Uh Kadeem. Yeah. Um What's Kadeem up to? I don't know. I think he I, I saw him pop up on that show Real House Husbands of Hollywood. Uh, really? Kevin Hart. Really? Uh, yeah. I but might have seen twelve I, of them. I will say I'm just gonna do a Kadeem IMDB while you're Um I think the Wayne's we, brothers we, took his corner. Wesley Snipes as Sidney Dean yeah. and Kadeem as Dwayne Wayne, like Dwayne Wayne, like those are two of the most like iconic, like black actor characters, like looks of all time. Like yeah. the flip glasses, he doesn't get enough credit. Like, like he's a legend. Like, I mean, like th- those two, th- like that movie and that show. Like, that's how I knew. He's kind of legendary. That's how I knew I didn't have enough black people in my life growing up because you didn't watch when they, World. No, when they spun it off, I liked it. And it was like, oh, nobody's watching that. And meanwhile, it's like this iconic show. Also, but just like, not, not, not with the nobody people was that watching I was that around, back then. It was like 22 million people watching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so many like, people. Yeah. It'd be the number one show More by 10 million people. People watched one now. episode of a different world and yeah. like ever watched all of girls put together at any time. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like, yeah, yeah, nobody watched Different World. What a I cult mean, hit. So, a, a, a sophisticated take to always have is to, to like a different world more than Cosby Show. It's, just, it's, it's a great. good take. It's, it's, it's a, a nice take. take. It's, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, a, it's a good take to have. But even before all the all the stuff. So I have a couple important questions. Yeah. Billy Hoyle 
Gamblers Anonymous probably wouldn't uh, have been a bad idea for him, right? Another thing about this movie that's tough, like I think, if, especially when you're young, is understanding the self-destructive streak he has. Yeah, but I like, see, I don't like that. I, I like when movies promote gambling, like in Hardball with Keanu Reeves, <laughs> when the big bet saves everything. I'd rather have gambling be, be a positive. No, I don't like when people lose stuff when they gamble, have to fake their What's deaths. What's the McConaughey? Uh, two for the money. Two for the guy. <laughs> yeah. He gets the lines. We yeah. need more positive gambling stories. So he definitely was a Hall of Fame bad gambler, but- is Rosie Perez an alcoholic in this movie? Who drinks wine from the bottle? I thought it was vodka. But then she has a bottle of wine. She's just that's drinking. That's fine. No, no, that's fine. Okay. They're I'm living not, in like a motel she's sneaking in drinks. I'm not she's not sneaking drinks for herself, though. What are they trying to do with that? I mean, I think living with Billy Hoyle is probably stressful. Stressful studying all those almanacs for Jeopardy, too, That's man. true. Yeah. And when they moved to L.A., they couldn't, wouldn't that have been enough to get away from the, the, the bad Stucci guys brothers? in Louisiana? Yeah, no. The Stucci brothers are yeah. just going to find her? I don't know. This is also like pre-GPS, pre-looking like, yeah. people up on the internet. It's it like me- Rosie Perez on Twitter, like, I'm, I'm just roller skating through Venice, <laughs> right. studying for Jeopardy. Dropping ge- geotagging. <laughs> yeah. So what did they just go to every I guess they must have just like gotten court? word that that's where they had that, run to. It felt kind of cartoonish. Yeah. It's just like, like in a cartoon, like the, the the bad guys just are always chasing after you. But forever. that scene though at the end where she's just like, if you gamble away my money, that's it. And he's just like, it's the last time. And he thinks she's going to still be there and she isn't. It's like, that was a very adult thing to watch in 1992 for me. I was like, she wait, left. that happens? Skated yeah. away. Yeah. Um, Skated away. White Men Can't Jump. Best title ever for a sports movie? Unconditionally. It's incredible. I was trying to think of a better one, and it's always like Rocky. No, Slapshot, Major the League, Natural, great Major movies. League. Yeah. Eight Men Out, nice, nice it's, movies. Like White Men Can't Jump is an amazing title. And the, it's so, arguably one of the best movie titles ever. They don't make movies on, like there are like they they talk about that where like they they, they made that and they were like, are people going to feel like this is too edgy? And you know, Ron Shelton talks about this where it's like. The film studios weren't as conservative because they weren't as backed by like all these major financial conglomerates or yeah. like you know investment funds or whatever. So they could kind of take chances, and that's why they went with you know Wesley Snipes instead of Denzel Washington and Rosie Perez instead of Holly Hunter. And yeah. not, Holly Hunter. Holly but, Hunter as Gloria. Oh, no. I mean, I know it would have been a different <laughs> that character. Is a bad casting. It would have been amazing if Holly Hunter had just played the same character <laughs> or, or played the character from the piano. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But maybe that could still happen. It's like a pretty edgy, you know, cast, and and like just the fact that they called the movie "White Man Can't Jump" in 1992 was like everybody in my knew was just like snapped to attention when we heard that. It'd we were be, like, what it'd be is called this movie so, it would not like it'd be called something so corny now. It would be called like, like, like rules of the game. Like, like basketball's like, like like basketball's a beach. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, you know, the other thing that happened was all the foreigners that came into the NBA, more white guys from just basically everywhere, Europe, Russia, whatever. But like from 80 to 92, the white versus black NBA conversation was always a conversation, sure. you know, a little like what we talked about earlier. And it did, it does feel like that was an edgier title than now. It'd be like, what man can't jump? It'd be like, what are you talking about? Like, and you could just list yeah. all these different people. What are you talking about? You guys the- never seen Mario Hazonia? Are you right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, what if they made a football movie called uh, Black Man Can't Pass? <laughs> That, that would be your 2017 <laughs> precious take of the person about, about black quarterbacks. Is this a, a black guy in Texas just being like, who shows up at a high school football well, game? Do, He's like, do I you think people would, would that be a hot take in 2017 if this movie came out? That white man can't champ is a, not yeah, a PC that's the title. It's like weird because we were. Why, just, we, you wouldn't say that about that. Like, I feel like somebody would write that piece. I just and we would mock. I it. think you know what the problem is is that white people got too much respect in basketball now. 
I completely agree. That's, that was my point yeah, with I, all the I Europeans and the agree. foreigners. Yeah. <laughs> Back I, I, then I it was like Larry Bird and nobody else yeah. had respect. Craig Maybe Elo. a little John Stockton, yeah. Mark Price. Mark Price could shoot. And yeah. you know who I bet is the most pissed about that white people got so much respect? Larry Bird. Larry Bird, definitely. Why do you Larry think Bird's like, God, like drinking a case of Coors right now? Just be like, you know what I had to do in the 80s to get this name? <laughs> he was, it was basically just him. So Wes, uh, Woody Dunks. They admit it was a nine and a half foot rim. Yeah, Might so have been a nine my foot favorite rim. part of Golianopolis's overall history is the fact that it sounds like that set was large scale side bets and prop bets on people playing horse with them fitting some shooting of a movie inside, like all like all out gambling addictions. Everything mm. I've ever read about Woody Harrelson suggests that he's one of the most fun people to have in your life. Yes. Yeah. And, yeah. and if you're on a movie set with him, it's just constant. And even on Cheers, they were like, those guys were just drinking all the time and betting. And I'm pretty sure just in like the, the, the majesty of Woody Harrelson, there's a David Blaine special. Oh, where he's like doing a trick on Kanye and they pan the camera and over and Woody there. Harrelson's just there yeah. also. I'm like, I just want to know more. I always want to know more. Woody Harrelson also just like, every time Woody Harrelson is put into something, no one's ever just like, are we sure we need it? Like when they cast Woody Harrelson in the Han Solo movie right. to be Han Solo's mentor, 99.9% approval rating. Nobody was like, are we sure Woody Harrelson could be Han Solo's mentor? It's like, no, that makes complete sense. 100%. So <laughs> here, here's yeah. what this led for Woody. White Man Can't Jump, Indecent Proposal. I'll do anything. I don't remember that one. Cowboy Wake, uh, Natural Born Killers, Money Train. Money Train. Yes. It's a trilogy for Snipes and Harrelson if you go back to Wildcats. Kingpin. <laughs> That's in a box set at Sam's King, Club Are you right a Kingpin now. fan? Yes. Oh, yeah. Kingpin, People versus Larry Flint. I thought All of a sudden he's a major movie actor. I thought half those nominated. movies were McConaughey. I always get them confused. <laughs> I, still, I, I still get them confused. That's the thing. If there's no McConaughey, it's like what, uh, what our friend Wesley Morris always used to call the market correction. Yeah, McConaughey I mean, took some Woody roles. Yeah. There's no question. But did they? Did they? Woody should have been in Dazed and Confused. But did they continue but to let themselves exist? But here's the genius exist? of Woody Harrelson: is that you think they needed each other? Yeah, Woody Harrelson like just coasts. Like McCon- Woody Harrelson originally read for McConaughey's role in True Detective, and then when they were like, "Well, we're gonna get McConaughey." Woody was like, "He should play. He should play Russ Cole, and I should play the other guy." Like it was like I he always knows exactly the level he needs to be he at, which is why he's really always successful. That's great. He never like outshoots. You know what I mean? Like he always knows his range. He's like, I don't want to be Katniss. Yeah. I just want to be. I want to be the old drunk dude. But that guy got he got like <laughs> so paid, and everybody who worked on Hunger Games was like, that dude is like my favorite person I've ever worked yeah. with, and he wore a terrible wig and is like, go get him. <laughs> Every for five movies, he's like, you go out there, you do your thing. Some really good No Country for Old Men, Woody Harrelson. Oh my too. god, like sixty five seconds on screen, he's incredible. So it, here's Snipes. Snipes goes major league. This is gonna get dark. Mo better blues. No, but it, it gets <laughs> New Jack City. Jungle Fever, Water Dance, White Man Can't Jump. He's really good Passenger, Water Dance. Water Dance is a good movie in Passenger 57. So this is where we were talking about this Wait, lunch. did you say Murder at 1600? That was after. <laughs> no, that this was is, <laughs> no, because we were talking about Classic. the Black Actor Championship belt, yep. which Eddie had from 82 to 89, basically, even if you count Harlem Nights, which mm. some people like. I, at the Trust me, at the time, nobody liked it. Now I, I think it. it's- Snipes basically from 89 on. When's Boomerang? Boomerang was 92, I think, 92, 93. But Snipes grabs the belt and Snipes becomes, and then all of a sudden Denzel comes in and we're talking about it. We looked up Denzel's IMDb. It's it's like like, once Malcolm X happens in 92, it's just like. But then then in 93, he just goes Philadelphia Pelican brief. Yeah. 
and it's over. Yeah. And, and then, then, and then, and then and he's like, Julia get off of me. I'm, I'm on jet every week. <laughs> and Snipes, and Snipes, for whatever reason, I mean, obviously he had some personal issues, but by the late 90s was out. Yeah. It was a little bit like what happened when it was like Keaton versus Hanks for a while, and then Michael Keaton just was Didn't, out after like, Batman. Did, wait, went to prison for He went for to prison taxes, for tax evasion. That, was, that yeah. was much later. I think, it was later. I think the thing about Snipes is that like he, like- he he had like a a lane at being like like a sexy man in his twenties, but like didn't have that lane in his thirties the way Denzel. He also chose well, very specifically to do, yeah. but uh, but yeah. yeah, but to do action movies. I mean, Denzel never went full action. Wesley Snipes when he did Blade was like, "This is great." I tr- like you basically like sh- I don't know like why like he chose to do this, but like that's an incredibly lucrative choice to make if you can become an action star for fifteen years. Like that's true. hundreds, of, like so many people go see those movies. Whereas like you know, it's I like, don't know. I, like Denzel's never done a summer blockbuster. By the way, that's my favorite thing about him. Never done one. If he's if, made, but he's made plenty of like thrillers. You know what I mean? Did. Yeah. If we bone did, collector. <laughs> Ram owns the bone collector corner. <laughs> it's my, my only Anytime corner. bone collector comes up, what's the one with what's in? Oh, ricochet. 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 I like Ricochet. Yeah. That's, my, that's my ideal Denzel mustache from Ricochet. <laughs> I think Snipes should have had a better post-94 career. Yes. Like, I, I wish, like, he had... I think Wesley Snipes would agree. You know what would have helped? Like, just for two years, just join the cast of ER after Clooney leaves. Like, make a big market TV that didn't move work for from two Akai years. Pfeiffer, really, but... Take all those Morris Chestnut early roles. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Yeah. Well, that's the thing. He was too old to be in that kind of Omar Epps, Morris Chestnut. Tay Diggs. He missed like, the wood. He, he missed, missed the wood. He missed the wood era. Oh, and that would have that would have prolonged him for like he never did like the high school reunion yeah. movie or like he just immediately uh, he went weird. Back, and went he, sci-fi. he made like a pass at it, like of doing prestige prestigious stuff in Brooklyn's finest, which is sort of like the not it's like Ethan Hawke and Don Cheadle. Wesley Snipes and Richard Gere. You're so right, though. He should have done, like, he should have just been one of those dudes that was on, like, CSI for 10 that's years. That's what I mean. Like, but that's like, not a so recipe for him being, like, the, the, the get the black actor championship belt. It's no, not well, it was over. Because uh, then Will Smith, yeah. Will Smith and Denzel, that yeah, was it. Yeah, was just it talking was about over. for the good of the game. He should have been I'm just saying, on, to stay in the game. Yeah. To, like, stay in, like... He could have done CSI. He could have done ER season four to season six. There's a lot of stuff. There's a lot. I really yeah. like Wesley Snipes. I'm mad that he decided oh, yeah. to just disappear yeah. from my life. As can, you know, can I? I don't even know if I believe what I'm about to say. Yeah, but for a non like, if you take out all the roles Denzel had of just him portraying other like famous black people, yeah, I don't know if he has like as iconic of a character as can I tell you something? As Nino Brown, you don't believe this? Wow. That's completely untrue. I love Nino Brown as like a character, but come on, man. But but like no no, I mean just like if you take away Malcolm X, I'm t- and Steve Biko. All right, I'm going on the IMDb. Like I I don't know, I don't know if I believe it, but like Nino like Nino <laughs> Brown is like like a culturally like it's the character Nino- he wanted from American Gangster, and it didn't happen. Yes. I guess I see what you're saying. I mean, yeah, he's like, did, I'm going to take Nino Brown and I'm going to, everyone's like, why don't you play somebody like Nino Brown? It's like, I'm going to do American Gangster. Like Denzel no. has like 12 better roles, like, but Denzel also had that run of being like a great actor in a bad movie. Yes. He which still, is yeah, like, he still does. That's he my, still does. That is my favorite Denzel. <laughs> <laughs> Man on Fire John Denzel. John Q, baby. Deja Vu Denzel. <laughs> yeah. What's the one with uh, Eva Mendez and Sana Latham? Oh, uh, the one that's set in Miami? I love oh, that one. Um, uh, yeah. I'm going yeah. on as I am to be now. They were like eight in a row. It was incredible. Is this like you guys' third podcast about Denzel Washington today? Out of time. <laughs> out of time. <laughs> out of time. 
Well, he had training day Denzel and remember the Titans Denzel. I disagree. I, I, I think he's been on the Nino Brown. Maybe. I like, that's what I'm saying. I don't, I don't, I know. You wouldn't put man on fire that, that character. No. Against... Cause what's that character's name? Creasy. I don't remember that. You just see man on fire like 15 times. Like I, well, you, I love man on fire. I think, I, I mean, I think Chris and, Ty... and I are starting a, a kidnap hostage <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Uh, it's, only, it's only two movies, but we're doing yeah, it. It's, it's just, it's just proof, proof of life and man of fire all over again. But we're going to do 150 episodes about it. The first 63 are just about David Caruso and proof of life. Oh, Crimson Tide. Man, Denzel's been in a lot of good movies. I mean, Crimson Tide is incredible. Courage Under Fire is incredible. The Siege is incredible. Denzel is amazing no, in that movie. No, I'm not, I'm not saying that Denzel's not incredible. I'm just saying. No, I, I know what like, you're saying. Like yeah. Nino Brown is Nino like, Brown is amazing. Is like, uh, that's like a, an incredibly like, but if like Nino Iconic Brown might outlive how Wesley much Snipes, is, but like, to me, I agree with that. here's, here's my new Jack city power rankings. Judd Nelson. <laughs> <laughs> Judd Nelson was so iconic in New Jack City. And I'm sorry. I know this is like ridiculous, but it, it's not. And it's not fair that a white man wins New Jack City. But Judd Nelson is <laughs> completely the, the worst take you've ever had. I thought that Judd Nelson, Judd Nelson had the comeback so far in front of Robert I'm, Downey I'm Jr. Out of this place. <laughs> I'm, leave, I'm going back to New York right now. <laughs> Oh was, my God! Chris, Chris Rock three, Judd Nelson, Judd one, Bill Cobb. Okay, fine. Chris I, Rock, Ice T, Ice T, Ben Wesley, Wesley Snipes is fourth. Well, oh my God! It's funny, like he was in the conversation for a few years. Wesley Snipes, yes, and now it's Can like he just like kind of around being like Danny Aiello, one do the right thing. <laughs> well, now it's like. Wesley Snipes just kind of belongs to the 90s, which is like a weird legacy for he's him. He's very active on Twitter, though. Yeah. No, yeah. I know he's still going <laughs> yeah. now, but like his body of work feels very 90s to me. Also, for New what, Jack City yeah. feels 90s. For what is worth, like, like Ice-T has just been steadily acting for 20-plus yeah. yeah. years. Like, yeah. like, SVU is still, like, in these streets. Yeah. And, and he's in every episode. And... He, I mean, he's like, it's amazing. Like, yeah, we, no, we, were, I, I, we were talking about Keenan like earlier. It's like, Keenan's like not, yeah, he's got to like sticking around for 20 years is like, there's a value you should get that, that. That should get you in some hall of fame. Some like something. Can so, I ask you a question? Yeah. Do you think that Ron Shelton should have just kept making movies like this? I think it's hard. Yeah. I, th- I think it's, I love the origin story. I don't this know that, like where you go next, right? He, he used tried to do just, play to the bone. It didn't work. Yeah. And he, he tried, tried Cobb. Cobb didn't yeah. work. But Tin Cup. Tin Cup to me worked. Yeah. So he's got basically, he's got three that are perfect. What else three can white ones. men do? <laughs> Govern. Yeah. <laughs> white men can't lead. <laughs> like, 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 I feel like he should have just kept with yeah. that thing. Like, that should have been like a website skate. or something. Like, I don't know. Like, I feel like he had a good formula. So it made 75 million bucks, which is a lot Ton. at the time. Yeah. And now they're talking about remaking it. Uh-huh. And I watched this under the lens of should this movie be remade? Blake Griffin is involved. Kenya Barris is involved. That's mm-hmm. just Michael B. Jordan's role, right? I mean, that's right. That's just his role. So this is he's like built like him. So like, I hate all remakes, and instinctively I don't want them to happen. And then I watch this movie; it feels very '90s to me. 
The pop culture references are like Brady Bunch, Opie, Gomer Pyle, Godfather, Jeopardy, all stuff Jane that belongs Fonda, to another era. Jane Gregory, yeah. All stuff that belongs to another <laughs> era. And then the movie itself, like I could have used about 25% more basketball. Maybe there is a way to remake this and make it so more modern. So you know modern. what they probably I'm have- now, I'm back in on the remake. You know what point. they have to do to kind of like keep- Here's the thing. This movie comes out at not a time of innocence by any- stretch of the imagination, but prior to the LA riots, right? So like, there's like a different, I think there's a different mainstream pop cultural conversation about race relations, like right before this movie comes out and to like after this movie comes out. So they have to find something that is like the Woody going into Inglewood version of this movie. And I don't know what that is. TFA. Or it's like a black guy going into like rural America and playing basketball in like, you know, Illinois or Indiana. Do you know yeah. what I mean? You have to like switch the settings up. What if it's Billy Hoyle Jr.? That's what they'll probably Star do. By fun. Yeah, see, that's going to suck. And it's Miles Teller. <laughs> well. <laughs> oh! Oh, right. right back in. So if you told me right now, Kenyon Barris writing the remake uh-huh. and modernizing it and MBJ is the Wesley Snipes type of character, yeah. I think I'm in and I'm anti-remake. Completely in. Like, like, I'm, like def- I'm not like going to watch that movie. See it. And love, you love, know I'm, that they have to get Wesley and Woody in there somewhere. Like they're playing in a seniors tournament or something like that. Yeah. They teach these guys. That they're not going to make it like a straight reboot. They'll they'll have like characters from the old movie. We all there. agree that even though it's 25 years and even though this movie still holds up and it's super watchable, it is dated. And there is a way to modernize it and make it make a new version of it. That's fun. Like I, I didn't like the idea for Creed. I just don't and even then know like, how, you hustle, like, I don't how you hustle people online. Like you con them and 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 you dox them and fish their emails yeah. and stuff like that. How would you even con somebody in real life now? They would be like, hold up, let me Google you. Oh wait, look, there's this video of you dunking on someone. I know that you're good at basketball. Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? Like, I just don't even know how. Like, everybody is on tape. It's like, like you paid for your followers. Yeah, like, exactly. I, I don't know. Can I throw this at you? Yeah, Ryan Coogler directing. I mean, MBJ as the lead. That, that I mean, that's that's the movie that just. I mean, it gets it's a tiny bit darker, but and better filmed and less like comedy kind of with the soundtrack and it's, <laughs> yeah, it's doing guitars it's kind of doing banjos Coogler kind of does his thing to it and I think that's a really interesting movie yeah and I don't think it'll happen I, mean, I think that dude has 40 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, Black Panther is actually about white man can't <laughs> it's the sequel I watched uh, I watched Creed again yeah it's good and it, we need to do a podcast about it soon okay I'm it's, ready I've seen it five times though it's it's good. Yeah. It's really good. And I I'm ready to revisit though whether Moneyball was the best sports movie so of this Creed decade is in conversation. The combo? Yeah, I think Creed's in the combo. He's great in it. Coogler's the the some of the scenes are just fantastic. The the three minute long same shot boxing scene. Yeah. <laughs> it's just incredible. And Jordan's it's so already- good. Jordan's already swole. He's diesel. They got to get diesel all so these can... rolls out of, out of him while he's still swole. Yeah. I think Teller might still be swole from Bleed for this. Oh, man. Yeah, I, I mean, we fix Teller. Could Teller, could Teller play hoops? I don't know. I think could he, he be oh, Billy Hoyle Jr.? Willie Hoyle? Elgort. <laughs> Elgort. Elgort can dunk. Elgort can dunk. Yeah, Elgort can play. I saw him miss eight dunks once, but I saw him make the ninth. Yeah, because I made fun of him on Grantland, and he like tweeted at me, like, come to Brooklyn, and I'll dunk on you. And he put amazing. a video of himself dunking there. Well, here's the other reason why this movie would work, out of many reasons. You know they load it with NBA cameos, right? Yeah. Yes. You'd have seven, like, 
Westbrook's people would be like, Russ, I think this would help with your brand. Like if you're in this movie and one of the pickup guys and it will be, I would say 80% NBA guys would be the guys that they, what if the first scene is at like the celebrity game and Oh, now we're ready to the movie for Kenya Bears. Sorry. Yeah, that's free. Never mind. Kenya, give us a consulting (laughs) fee. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Do you think that Matthias from the Clippers will be at it? Oh, the equipment manager? (laughs) Come on. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to imitate Robert. That's rude. That's rude. That's rude. Blake's still mad at me that I made an equipment manager tweet joke. That's fine. He's still holding against me. All right. So, White Man Can't Jump, sports movie, not a rom com. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Last 40 minutes are a rom-com. I just hate to break it down. It's not that com- comic. There's enough basketball in there. It's like rom-sad. It's like a rom yeah. It's a human. It's like Kramer versus Kramer at the end of there. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's like ordinary people. You're just like, what is happening? Everybody's lives are falling apart. Come back. Sure. I think we hit everything, right? Yeah. All right, good. White Man Can't Jump. Remember Brown? Thank you. Thanks to Jim Cunningham for producing it. Jim! Jim!